I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, what's up and welcome to Serious Issues. We are a weekly comic book podcast coming to you live from King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. God, it is so great to hear your voice. <sighs> so nice. Um, it's nice to be back. Last week I recorded an episode without Siobhan. Uh, yeah, you can go back and listen to it. Oh, That's pretty good, I thought. <laughs> that was uh, good. Thank you to everyone who tweeted at me and said that they appreciate. They gave me pity laughs for my jokes. So, hey. uh, recording an hour of podcasting by yourself. Um, for, I've been podcasting for about 18 months now and I haven't mm. had to do that yet. Yeah. That was, that was, a, it, it was an experience. <laughs> uh, but uh, we are back. The two of us are back. We are in Siobhan's apartment right now and uh, we have a whole stack of comics in front of us. Stacks upon stacks. Yeah, um, holy moly. Some new number one, some new DCs, new Marvel, some new Image, some new Dark Horse. We've got it all, baby. Mm. Um, so let's uh, kick things off with uh, the way we do every episode with First Things First in which we will review all the brand new number ones that came out last, last week. Have we got one that we both loved that we could talk about? Let's look at it. Let's get the loving stuff out of there mm, first. Absolutely. This is weird. I actually, I, I was dubious as I read it, but I think this may be my favorite number one of the week. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. Teen Titans Rebirth, number Yay! one. Uh, which is a book I, like, you know, within, like, just looking at the cover, I knew Siobhan was going to love it. The cover is um, Damian Wayne uh, with a bunch of Batarangs and reflecting in the Batarangs, uh, various members of the Teen Titans, old and new. So you've got Starfire Raven, Beast Boy, and. Uh, Wally, the new Wally. New Wally West. Um, is his, his last name? Yeah, it is West. Yeah, because yeah, right. so, he's Iris's cousin. Um, so, this is a, a book in which you, uh, you know, a hooded figure starts um, one by one kidnapping all of the different um, Teen Titans and you're aware immediately that it's Damian Wayne who's picking them off one by one. You don't know why he's doing it. Uh, you know, he reveals himself at the very end. Um, How were you aware immediately that it was him? I mean, would you just guess? Uh, it's a it's hooded, it's a hooded figure. Oh, yeah, and he's wearing his a green eyes. glove. Yeah, yeah, it's, guess, it's clearly yeah. Robin. <laughs> I didn't get that. Uh, must because I'm a genius, I guess. Oh yeah, must be. Um, so it's written and drawn by uh, Ben Percy and John Boy Mayers. Uh, so nice that they're sharing um, storytelling credit uh, like credits, that, like yeah. rather than I think more and more story and more and more creators are doing that. It's mm. always really cool. Yeah. In fact, we're going to talk about Lake of Fire um, later in the, in the book and later in the episode. Issue two by Nathan Fairbairn and Matt Smith, and uh, even though Nathan Fairbairn writes colors and letters it, he still put Matt Smith as like the top billing in the credits. I thought it was really That's cool. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Re- Teen Titans Rebirth is going to be this new book. That's uh, I, I, I guess I'm, looks like Damian Wayne is kind of recruiting these. Teen Titans to form his own group or something like well, that. Well, I think that Damien's whole thing is always that like he sees what's come before him and sees what has worked. 
and goes like, okay, well, Dick was in the Teen Titans and that was good. And then Tim was in the Teen Titans and that was good. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start the Teen Titans and lead it because I'm Robin and Robin leads the Titans. Yeah. And uh, Damien Wayne has kind of been missing from Rebirth so far. He kind mm-hmm. of has made brief cameos in, uh, in, uh, I think Nightwing and and the Batman books, but um, this is his first big book. He's got another one coming soon uh, called Super Sons, yeah, with uh, with John John Kent. Uh, but I thought the coolest thing about this was seeing I've never seen an iteration of Beast Boy where he's like this depressed, like well, Hollywood. This is, this is like classic Jeff Johns era Beast Boy. Like this was always Beast Boy's vibe. He went to LA to try and be an actor and it didn't work out because he was a child actor and having green skin was cute as a kid but then as an adult it doesn't really or like as a teen it just doesn't translate and so he's kind of stuck in this soul-sucking Hollywood lifestyle while and not really knowing how to get out of it and I love that this is a really like this this read a lot like the Beast Boy that I really like like the bit where he's trying to hit on a girl and then he decides to turn into a shark in the pool for no reason just to scare her in like a really horrible prank. I thought that was very classic Beast Boy and I was very into it. Um, although he is DJing in one panel um, in, and, and he's touching both records at the same time. And is that not it, how you DJ? That's not how you DJ Beast no, Boy. Guys, do your research better. <laughs> um, then we meet a, um, a version of, um, of Starfire that I thought was really Great cool. Great version of Starfire. It works with her character and even kind of works with what I feel like, you know, the original writers and stuff, I would have based the character on, like, you know, a very well-meaning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hippie kind mm-hmm. of stereotype. But, uh, you know, so she, she's she gone abroad to do um, almost as a, as a detective, I yeah, feel like, yeah. to kind of look into uh, people that have been abducted, like young people that have been abducted on an island nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets pretty gruesomely kidnapped by yeah. Damien. Um, you see her skull as when she gets electrocuted. By Damien him. is nothing if extremely ruthless. Yeah. Um, and then he shocks her and then says, that was shockingly easy. Um, then uh, we meet a version of Raven that I liked a lot more than the Raven book that Absolutely. I read last week. Did you like it? I talked about that without you, but uh, um, Raven number one by uh, Marv Wolfman. And I thought it was okay. Yeah. You know, like I thought it was, I thought it was good aggressively considering. okay. I it was aggressively not for me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I, I like this. You know, I mean, I, Raven mm. is, you know what? She is, she's an empath. Her mm-hmm. dad was a demon. Just, All you need to know, and they, and guys. They, and they, they put that in this and it's, and it's great. Whereas I feel like they told you that in every single panel last, yeah. last, last week. Absolutely. Then we get Wally West. Mm-hmm. And this, we've not really seen him actually be... I mean, I, have, I wasn't reading U52, so I don't know how much of his character we saw, Don the costume, etc. Mm. Um, in the actual Flashbook, which we'll be re- reviewing later in the episode, we kind of see him, you know, running really fast. He's revealed himself to Barry as uh, he, he has Flash powers too. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first time I've seen him in, in the costume. I don't know if this is the first time it's actually happened like this. Uh and and he gets you know he he gets kidnapped by uh, by Robin too. They all wake up in like a classic. Reminds me of the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all like being held with these big weights and then kind of suspended using weird force energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, or whenever they try and use their powers, they get electrocuted. And then Robin reveals himself. Uh, I love this with a, a massive weird kind this of. This is like that's his pet from the. Um there was that whole weird son of Robin, son of Batman I didn't read story. That one. Right, yeah. so he has a, a pet monster. Yeah, it's like cool. a big pet bat monster guy. I can't remember what it's called. Like man bat monster. Yeah, monster that bat kind of vibe. Um, I really like this. Like, I really, I don't know. Um, it feels very young to me. 
Like, I yeah, don't know if this totally. is an old person going like, this is what the kids are like, right? But I think there's some good character design. Like, there's actually, looks like there's some thought put into each of the characters and how they look and how they act and how they're different. And I'm excited to see this team interact. I think that it's fun. Yeah. You know, like, everyone is already making fun of Beast Boy because he's annoying and Starfire is sort of going to be the moral compass probably for the team. And Yeah, yeah I, I, I love think this it. is cool. This is uh, really, really sweet and... Mm. It's you know we we got accused recently of being pretentious and I think I am this very is pretentious. Absolutely, a book that uh, I feel you know is devoid of pretension. Really, it's just yeah. a series. fun, goofy team book. Absolutely. Uh, so, if you uh, like teens in capes, this is I think this is going to be a really fun one, and I think it's going to be fun seeing how everyone reacts to Robin forcibly trying to put this team together. Yeah, um, it's worth noting that this is written by Ben Percy, who is also writing the Green Arrow run that I that we have dropped. Mm. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I I, I found this very different to uh, to the Green Arrow run. Yeah, well, so, I guess it has less um, inbuilt mythology, True. you know, yep. and like the Titans kind of, it's great because it can be a generational thing of each generation of sidekicks coming together and um, facing new and different villains yeah i think this is also maybe my favorite rebirth issue so far as well as in like the rebirth really? number ones i don't know i don't know i'd have to go back and look at all of them just like you know it just set up everything really well and then yeah but this did this did a great job of setting everything up and i'm i'm super excited to see where it goes there was another rebirth book this week <coughs> batman beyond rebirth written by dan jurgens art by ryan sook uh, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to read through it all, but you know who did? I did, but I don't know that much about Batman Beyond. So. <laughs> I've wa- yeah, I've watched a couple of seasons and episodes scattered throughout. I really, really liked the animated show, and mm-hmm. I uh, there's a really great um, moment toward like, there's a, one, like in the Justice League animated series, the last one like kind of links to Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. really cool way. Yeah, well, um, I think this um, this does an awesome job. If you don't know that much about Batman Beyond and that whole universe, I think it does an awesome job of setting it up. Future Batman. This is how he becomes Batman. Um, I feel like in the, the last series of Batman Beyond, um, it was Tim Drake as Batman, but now it's gone back to the... Uh, the Terry McGuinness. Terry McGuinness as Batman. Um, um, and this is all about the, um, the gang of Jokers, called mm-hmm. Jokers with a Z, who are apparently, spoiler alert, guys, at the end of this issue, we discover they are trying to bring back the Joker. Right, cool. Which is pretty heavy. Um, but I really like this. Ryan Sook is so, so good. The art is, I really like. I think they do a really awesome job of creating this sort of very dark, inky, neo-Gotham. But it's also um, so fun, too. Yeah, also fun. Like, super brightly coloured. The Joker's gang are all individual and weird-looking. He does a great job of drawing an old lady. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this issue. And as someone good. as someone that hasn't really been a big Batman Beyond reader... Um, mm. Are you going to keep reading this? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I'm definitely Great. going to give this a couple of issues. Cool. I will. I will catch up and uh, endeavor to read this alongside you in the future. Nice. As that is what we do on this podcast. Um, <laughs> there was also another number one from DC this week: Blue Beetle number one uh, by Keith Giffen and Scott Collins. Uh, we did not like the rebirth issue of this <sighs> very much. We thought it showed a small amount of potential. Siobhan, did this have any of that? I just don't think it did. It's very, it's very disappointing. This is so full of like. It's so dialogue heavy and it's trying to be like snappy and bantery, but it just, it doesn't quite work. The dialogue between the teenagers rings especially false. Um, Ted Cord is weird in this. Yeah. Very weird. I don't understand his motivations. I would I rather him dead, to. to be honest. Yeah, I would rather he was dead, which is heavy. Um, but in this, they do imply that he used to be the Beatle. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so at least it's got that going for it, I suppose. But it's just, yeah, very weird. It seems like a real wasted opportunity to do something cool with Hame, who is an excellent character I just, and like, really uh, poorly used, I think. Yeah, I just think that, like, uh, that, that you know, Keith Giffen, like, he, we, he's a competent writer. I just yeah. stop giving him teenagers. Yeah, or just get someone, get someone to get him a good editor to cut out. 50% of the dialogue yep. and find a teenager and talk to them so you understand how they speak. There's no references to dabbing in this and if my <laughs> interactions with teens have taught me anything, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, Blue Beetle should dab. That should be his superpower. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to stick with this. No, me neither. And it dis- like I'm sad that I'm not going to. We're both two big old cord heads. I love Ted Cord. Come on, do him justice. Um, so there are a couple other number ones this week. I think the most exciting one for us to talk about is Josie and the Pussycats number one. Absolutely. Written by Marguerite Bennett with, um, and, uh, Cameron Diodoro and, uh, art by Audrey Mock. Um, you are the big Archie fan mm-hmm. as, as we've established, uh, in countless episodes of this podcast. Yep. Uh, what did you think of Josie and the Pussycats number one? First of all, on its own and then in the biggest scheme of the comics that Archie is putting out at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to to say that because I liked it I definitely liked it more on the side of like than didn't like Mm -hmm. but it also it's nowhere near as good as Archie or Jughead probably ties for me with Betty and Veronica in terms of I liked it but there's issues if that makes sense yeah um this is like definitely an updated version of Josie and the Pussycats and this is kind of an origin story for them and it kind of like if you read in the back um in the back, they've done the classic thing of putting in a classic um, Josie and the Pussycats story. So they've put in the first one where they form a band. And it's got, like, it's got sort of similarities and it kind of mirrors that a little bit. So that was quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, again, a little bit odd to know who this is aimed at because it is slightly, like, I mean, you know, there's bits where Melody's on Tinder and it's all sort of implied that she, like, sleeps around a lot and that's fun and, and stuff. But it's still very clean so it's stuck in that weird part of like i don't understand if this is for teenagers i don't understand if this is for adults i don't understand if this is for all ages um so i think it suffers a little bit for that like you really need to know who your audience is and play to them a bit more because it just comes off as a little bit weird yeah sure especially when you compare this to i feel like this is like snot girl is kind of doing what this book should be doing yeah yeah. Like, without, you don't have to be as lewd as Snot Girl gets. Not that it gets that lewd, but. No, like, like uh, Snot Girl's probably rated teen, I think. Yeah, and then, yeah, they are, uh, but it's like, there was there, there are moments of this I, li- I like that, you know, um, you know, the, what's her name? What's, who's the mean one? Who doesn't, who doesn't like Josie and the Pussycats? Oh, Alexandra Cabot? Yes, I like, mm-hmm. you know, I like her in this. It's just mm-hmm. like this, you know, just, you don't, it's not explain why she doesn't like Josie. She just is just a bitch. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, that, that was good, but I, I just found the, um, I find I, I found all of the musical moments in this so, so annoying and reading mm. all the lyrics and like I get that that's a difficult thing to portray as Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And um I feel like that's something that like um you know Jamie McKelvey and um and Kieran Gillen yeah. do really well like you know have songs that or even like you know songs that already exist but also songs that don't exist kind of lyrics shouted throughout panels and stuff like that they they do that to good effect. Here it was just like I didn't I just kind of glossed over them and didn't yeah. really care. Is I think it- my, my best musical moment from comics recently was actually in the Omega Man 
the the sort of um, hymn that they sing all throughout that series mm-hmm. is the most like that's the most I've ever heard a song in my head when actually reading a comic. Oh, cool. that's a that's a big compliment. Yeah. Um, this yeah this sort of fails a little bit on the on the musical moments. I thought that like the friendship between Melody and Josie was really strong and mm-hmm. really good, and I really like I like Melody. I think that they've done like a great job of characterizing her. Josie, you can't quite understand why anyone likes her as yet. Um, I like that there are references to the Josie and the Pussycats movie in this because that's one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Right. Um, and I like the introduction of Alan M at the end. That's that's cool and fun. Was, but, um, is that was that always his name though? Alan. Yeah, Alan right. M. Alan M. Okay. Right. Alan M's like the male, but see, it's different because in the the original comics, Alan M was just like the male melody. He was just like a big ditzy blonde dumb guy who everyone loved, right? But who loved Josie? Um, so Alan M in this, like, and I feel like you know it's been a point of contention, in it, like like a real point that they've been driving driving forward is that the fashion in, mm. in the world of Archie is really important. And, and but I feel like it was it, it took a step back with this, especially yeah. Alan M like pretty much dresses like Fred from uh, from Scooby Doo. That's his iconic outfit. Is it? Um, <laughs> it is, but I, I understand it's not as. Um, for some reason, the the fashion isn't quite as good in this as it has been in some of the other series. Yeah, I don't... It's an odd one, right? Yeah, it's another one of I just of don't these. know where to place it. I think I liked it as much as I, as the um, uh, Betty and Veronica yeah. book. Absolutely. Um, There's a little guest appearance by Jughead. Did you notice that? No, I didn't see it. In him, the... Um, He's oh, at the he vet he's when they visit. Vet. He's taking hot dog to the vet. That's good. Lovely. Yeah. So I think like, you know, you've got all the Archie horror stuff is like pure gold. The yeah. Archie book's pure gold. The Jughead book's fantastic. And then you have this and the um, Adam Hughes, Betty and Veronica in this weird space of like, oh, should this be out? This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I really, I really want to, I'm looking forward to reading the Marguerite Bennett book that, that, that I really, really love. But because mm. uh, I, 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 you can tell she's a great writer. Yeah. She's that, definitely, you know, she's definitely got the potential. Um, must be, I imagine being given like one of these Archie properties after reading the, the Wade run and like going like fuck the pressure's on to really like yeah. do this justice. What do I you think, think of this uh, Betty and Veronica by Rachel Antonoff book that we're getting? What book? Is, is it, it a, book? a book? No, no, no. This is like this is. Oh, it's a fashion line. It's a fashion line, Whoa, guys. Wow. I just assume this is a comic because I don't know anything no, about fashion. I'm really excited about this. I'm a total sucker. Like I bought all of the Archie. Um, there was a Mac, the makeup company, did a series, mm-hmm. did a line of Archie cosmetics a couple of years ago. I bought heaps of that. <laughs> I bought heaps of the Wonder Woman one when they did that. I'm definitely going to be buying some of um, this. You can follow um, if you want to know more about this. You can follow them on Instagram. It's just Betty and Veronica, and they put up heaps of stuff. They just had their first fashion show, and it looks awesome. Oh, okay, cool. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I'm geeked about that. I thought um, it was going to be another another comic. No, no, no. Just clothes. I'm going to give uh, Josie and the Pussycats another another issue or yeah, two. Yeah, absolutely. Give it a couple of issues. See if it finds its sort of it's voice groove for sure. Um, big comic over at Image this week was Surgeon X, um, written by Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Kenny and art by John Watkins. But the really notable part of this is that it's the first project that Karen Burge has done since she oh. quit. Sorry, quit. She was unceremoniously sacked. Oh no, she, no, no, no. Wait, no, she, did she? I can't remember. I don't know. She, she left, left Vertigo, Vertigo <laughs> for whatever reason. I can't remember if it was. Uh, uh, problematic or not yeah. but uh, uh, this is the, the first project she's done um, and uh, this is a book uh, set in the UK uh, basically the government have imposed very strict laws on the use of antibiotics you have to like be cleared 
basically like you know it, it's basically antibiotics only used by like the rich yeah because there's been a huge resistance to antibiotics and the government didn't put enough money into funding new, new antibiotics. antibiotics so there's only a certain there's a limited amount that still work which is like a scary threat and this is set in the year 2036 so it's a future that we definitely recognize and it's like it's a real legitimate i didn't realize it was yeah yeah it's um it's a scary it's a scary potential future for us all um, I really liked this book. I thought it was really cool. I was very lost for a great deal of this book, and then I would work out what I'd just read. I, I did, you didn't get lost within these, these pages? I did a little bit. Uh, the first half of the book is a little bit confusing because it just kind of sticks you in this insane future in the middle of a political debate. And then you have, yeah, this character, who the Surgeon X, who is like a like a vigilante surgeon. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Very Blackjack. Yeah. My manga people will understand that. I don't. Um... Uh, one thing that was confusing is like all of the sibling relationships that got a little bit like oh, what um, because the art isn't super clear as to who is supposed Definitely. to be a twin and who is supposed yeah. to be related but I kind of like that because then everything becomes clear once they flash back to how they become these sort of underground surgeons and what happens there uh, yeah, so, I, I, I thought the art in particular was, was was really strong with background work but yeah the, the, the people work and, and facial work I didn't think was as strong as that yeah it just got it just got a little bit unclear but now we have like now I have more of an idea of who the characters are I thought it was fine um yeah I think this is, I think this is a very cool very interesting scary future sci-fi kind of book and, and it reads like something that could have come out of vertigo 10 years ago absolutely um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. A few issues. I'm not 100 percent sold on it yet, but I'm open to being sold at yeah. some point. And I think that the Surgeon X character is who's this sort of like hard swearing, take no nonsense. Well, I mean, anti-establishment yeah. surgeon is kind of cool. I like her. You, you see, there's there's moments of it before before she becomes like a the Surgeon X. She's just a regular surgeon who plays by her own rules. Yeah, what she's working at. That, those, those, those scenes are fun. Um, also, uh, I got two more number ones that I read. One of them was Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes uh, by Tim Seeley and David Walker, two two writers that we uh, rave about constantly. Tim yeah, Seeley nice. is doing great work over at uh, Detective, and David Walker, of course, from Nighthawk and um, Power Man and Iron Fist. So, it's two of my favorite writers of the year, uh, working on a, two properties that I have never given a fuck about in my life. So, I struggled with this book. Mm. I could see that, like you know, if you were into the Planet of the Apes mythology, if you were a big Tarzan fan, that this would appeal to you. I don't care. Yeah. And uh, I, this, this, I, I really, I really wanted to be grabbed by this, but I wasn't. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's fine. fine. Absolutely. Uh, the art by Fernando Danino is uh, was really great. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'm just not I'm not a Planet of the Apes guy. Mm, fair enough. Uh, Frostbite number one was another one that failed to grab me uh, again by a writer who we quite like, Joshua Williamson. Uh, I, I did. I definitely didn't. I, I just didn't gra- get grabbed in the uh, in the first first read through I did of this, and I, I, I might try and read it again and see if it grabs me because I uh, I want to support Vertigo absolutely as, as an imprint. I hope it stays around forever. Yeah. Um, so I'll be yeah. sad if Vertigo goes. That is the end of first things first. Uh, nice. Have you got a coin on you, Siobhan, oh. for our beloved segment? Hang on Flip one a second. coin. Oh, we're going we're gonna to find a coin. Uh, Siobhan is... We're in Siobhan's house. Uh, I assume she has coins on a shelf. She's found one. All right. So, uh, the official coin is in my hand. Heads is Marvel. Tails is DC. Nice. And it is Tails. All right. DC first. Um, how do we want to start? There were some good DC books this week. You know what? I'm going to start with what I think might be the... Uh, un- like, it, we don't celebrate it enough. Absolutely. And that is the... Uh, we just spoke about his Vertigo book, Joshua Williamson, uh, his work on The Flash, 
Um, this book, I think, you know, we're seven issues deep, and I think this book, more than anything else TC is putting out right now, benefits from coming out the double, the, the twice a month schedule. Yeah. Um, it, it's you know seven issues in it, and it looks like it's just going to continue on this same storyline for the you know at mm-hmm. least a couple more issues. Uh, of course, written by Joshua Williamson with uh, art in this issue by Carmine D. Juan Juan Dominico. Nailed it. Um, who we've really enjoyed. You know his, his line work is so so perfect for for the Flash. Again, we we we, we do want Trad Moore to do a Flash book at, at some I point. No, he would be so good. He put up some picture on Instagram um, uh, of the Ghost Rider. Um, backup that he's doing soon Oh awesome And it was like The caption was something like um, Come on man You have a deadline But just a couple more um, Like explosive uh, like line Lines oh, so good. And it just looks Incredible He would be so good on this But the line work on um, That Carmine Doesn't this is great his face Like is incredible Like Nailed I love it. the electricity That all of the speedsters have Yeah So cool and like you know that, that that's him working with what Flash's outfit looked like now, but making mm. it because I hated that in New Fifty Two. Like you know, yeah. he always has his static electricity around him. I didn't understand why he didn't have it when he's just Barry. That yeah. seems like a flaw, but yeah, whatever comics. Uh, so this basically continues the story of uh, you know every, a lot of different people in the Flash have been granted Flash powers after a big storm, um, and uh, including. Uh, Barry's partner um, as a detective, and uh, he's he's become a, a villain. He's mm. chosen to be to use his flash powers, not so much for bad. He's almost like he's closer. He's like, what if the Punisher had flash powers? Yeah. Basically, he's basically like, your problem, Barry, is that your villains keep coming back, and I can just. I don't have that issue, so I'm just going to put him down. And he finds some really horrific ways to use his flash powers to kill people, like merging them with a wall. Very fun. I thought the series is great, and I love you know th- th- this this book ends with Godspeed, which is the, which is the name he's chosen to take, uh, speeding towards uh, the prison, Central mm-hmm. City Prison, to to kill all of Flash's bad guys, including Thorn, who mm-hmm. who, who killed his mother. Um, and I just you know like there is that argument, you know why don't you just kill all these bad guys that keep killing Absolutely. everyone dear to you? Uh, I don't. I wonder how far they're going to go go with this. Mm. Um, I also loved that, um, you know, everyone having to, to choose to give up their speed force. So Barry, Barry yeah. can have the speed force. I thought it was really cool. Nice moment. But, like, I think that they've just done... They've done a great job at actually bringing a new Flash villain in successfully. Because, like, mm. even though we both were like, oh, we probably should have picked up on that. But I was... So, like, we were both surprised when it turned out that August was yeah, Godspeed. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big moment. And I feel like they've developed him to the point where... You know, you you understand his motivations. You understand why he's like that. You see that he still cares for Barry and mm-hmm. still thinks he's Barry's friend and that he's helping him out. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a killer title. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, and we, we go on and go on about you know how good Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are um, at Rebirth right now. But the Flash is also really really great. Yeah, and uh, we don't we don't sing its praises enough. Absolutely. Another uh, yeah. surprising one. Yeah, so I've 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 been not that on board for this title so far. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. We stuck with it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this is uh, this was great. Yeah, right? written by um, Robert Venditti, who Venditti, sorry, who did stacks of uh, Green Lantern stuff in in New Fifty Two. Art by, uh, I mean, obviously the art's fucking great. Ethan Van Skyver, uh, the most half naked men you'll see in a comic book this month uh, is probably this issue. Absolutely. Um, Unfortunately, um, I mean, most a fair of the pages, of they're like, getting tortured too. But Yeah, yeah. So if you're into that. Um, but also a fair amount of... Like, this is such a sexy space book. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, 
I was almost a little bit like, oh, God, because there's that character who, Lissa, who I can't remember, she has, like, she's the Sinestro Corps with the uh, soldier with the book, the death book or whatever. Right. She's, like, a sexy, like, lady death type with blue skin and massive boobs. And she apparently is doing it with Sinestro in a very confusing scene. Um, but I sort of was still into that because it had that kind of sci-fi space opera gratuitous kind of vibe to it so i i kind of forgave it yeah um so yeah all of all of the green lanterns are, are separated from from hal mm-hmm. hal jordan is you know desperately trying to find them he's been taken in by sinestro's daughter who was once a green lantern uh she's been posing as a yellow lantern mm-hmm. um and apparently helped uh sinestro get to the level of power that he's at now um there's just great. There's great moments between you know Guy Gardner being tortured and refusing to uh, to give up the location of the Green Lanterns. Um, I, I like, like it I when like he calls his torturer cupcake. Yep, <laughs> and I love how hairy his chest is too. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> um, and then you have um, John Stewart leading the, the the rest of the Green Lanterns uh, on their way to find Hal and uniting with other people who have been uh, hurt by Sinestro's core. I. I think this is you know that they've been playing the long game on this and because mm. there are there are a lot of moving pieces in this story and uh i think this is going to pay off to be a, a, i think a great a great great run yeah i'm excited to see the call all together again so fun and introducing like to some i'm not sure if these are established um core members but characters that i don't know like this guy who's made up of a sun this um gold markings on her face who makes a big like cool space gun that she rides around on oh, <laughs> man cool love it cool stuff uh, we also w- were given uh, two issues of Action Comics. Did you catch up on this? Uh, no. One, one of uh, Action Comics number uh, 963 didn't uh, didn't ship to Kings uh, originally, but they did both 963 and 964 did last week, so I caught up on two. Uh, so this follows that big action-packed Doomsday arc. Mm-hmm. Now we are doing a lot less action. We are finding out what the deal is with Clark Kent. And I don't oh. Mean, yeah, so th- there, is, there is a Clark Kent... Mm-hmm. Um, in this continuity, who is not the Superman that, we, right. that, that we're reading in Superman, and he seemingly doesn't have powers. He's just a, a great journalist, and uh, he can kick butt when he needs to. Uh, it's this is a, it's a cool book. I mean, at one point he gets he, he, first he um, Lex Luthor makes him do a, and, and Perry White make him do in front of everybody like a lie detector test to prove that he's not awesome. Superman, and um, he gets shot at by someone trying to prove that he's Superman. But then Superman himself takes Clark Kent to the Fortress of Solitude and uh, to find out more about him and finds that, you know, he is, he is absolutely Clark, but, you know, he doesn't have powers. So it's still does a mystery. He still, does he still have the history of, like, being discovered in a rocket by his parents or does he just have no, no history so he, of being he, Superman? He, so this guy, his, his kids' parents are being killed and he was adopted, I think. Right. Um, he writes a big article called My My Day with Superman. Um, Adorable. It's kind of cool just having like Clark Kent is like, is just a... Um, just a reporter. Just a reporter. Um, and the, ne- the next arc is called The Slayer of Gods and because and, like, this is a shadowy figure wearing a cap that has like a... I don't know if this is like a Superman thing. He's like a big... Oh, it was like a god bomb or something crazy oh, in his nice. apartment. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, oh, this, is, this is a cool book. It's, yeah. it's Dan Jurgens is doing really good stuff with this book, I think. And yeah. I feel like yeah, Jurgens is like a, a, an older writer who just still knows what to do with Superman, and and, and we enjoyed his Batman Beyond stuff too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Good on you, Jurgens. Nice. Uh, did you like Wonder Woman this week? I loved Wonder Woman this week. It's a very very good title. So these are the you know Greg Rucker is doing 
the odd numbers with Liam Sharp on art, and this is the concurrent storyline. And then you have the even numbers with Nicholas Scott doing uh, about Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman Year One. Uh, we definitely prefer uh, the Nicholas Scott Year. I mean, not just because of Nicholas Scott art, just because I, I'm, I'm really. I love the origin stuff yeah, that, that Craig like, has done. They're really doing some really iconic issues, I think, with you that know, series. You know that DC put out another Wonder Woman origins book this week? Yeah, the Jill Thompson one. I'm I'm geeked to read that when I get around to it. But that, that means you have uh, Wonder Woman Earth 1 mm-hmm. that Grant Morrison did. You've got the Legend of Wonder Woman Yep, series. the Renee Dillers one. You've got this series, yeah. uh, the Wonder Woman, um, you know, year one that Greg Rucker and Nicholas mm-hmm. Scott are doing, and then you have the Jill Thompson one. So that's four origin stories and a movie. Yeah. So 75th birthday, guys. Celebrate. Woo! Mm-hmm. Celebrate so by reading great how she Wonder Woman. again and again and again. Yep. Uh, so this, um, I, I mean, I, I just love, I think overall I love what they're doing with Cheetah in this. Yes. Holy moly. What, like, what a way to really... Um, Make that character something because her, her name is Barbara Ann. What's her last name? I can't remember. Yeah, but but, but um, we actually uh, uh, th- thanks to uh, Andre who wrote into us this week and let mm. us know that you know when we were the um, Superman American Son title where we mm-hmm. were like saying, oh my god, I can't believe um, Batman or, or Superman slept with Barbara. Um, oh on that yeah, issue. yeah yeah yeah. That yeah. wasn't Barbara Gordon. That was Barbara. That was Cheetah. Oh. Another redheaded Barbara in the DC universe. That's what he pointed God. out. So thank you for that, Andre, for uh, correcting something that we said like months and months ago. Too many redheaded Barbaras. <laughs> well, two redheaded Barbaras. One too many. many. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Uh, so, I mean, I have trouble kind of explaining this plot. plot. Um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of wraps up the first arc of Wonder Woman um, rescuing Steve. Helping out Cheetah, and in return, Cheetah will now hopefully help her out um, in trying to find Themyscira again. But looks, this was this was a great, great, really issue, great issue, great end to that arc. And of course, we're seeing um, Barbara before she becomes Cheetah in the Year One story as mm. well. This issue ends with her seemingly losing the Cheetah look and powers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty yes, pretty goddamn appealing. Um, and it looks like the next issue of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman number eight, eight is an interlude, the story of Barbara and Minerva. So this is, it's all about how she became Cheetah, I guess. Yeah, great. And I mean, it's it's a it's big week for Wonder Woman. I mean, Greg Rucker came out and said that she is obviously queer, and that's really cool. I like that. That's something that he's definitively said and stamped on the character. Great. Yeah. Great news. Well, I mean, he, she lived on an island with only women. Yeah, I mean, and, what do you... What Literally, what did everyone her think? Through formative teenage years. What is else it, is she going to do? And, like, like from the from the creation of the character, this has obviously been a part of her. So, that's really awesome. Um, I have I have up on good, good sources that the November issues of Wonder Woman are going to be um, huge and quite controversial. Wow. So, I'm excited. That's exciting. I'm excited for the next couple of issues. This is a good run. What a good time to be reading Wonder Woman. I know, right? Isn't What a time to be alive. Uh, do you want to talk about the next uh, issue of Night of the Monster Men, the big Batman event? Yep. Batman Detective Comics number 941, written by uh, Steve Orlando with uh, oh, um, James Tinian IV. Sorry, I realized earlier I said that Tim Seeley was writing Detective. Tim Seeley is writing Nightwing. Nice. I fucked it up, you guys, and fucked I corrected myself. So, don't write in. Don't <laughs> fucking write in. Um, this is uh, all about the big monster event that's happening across the Batman books at the moment. Um, art on this one is by somebody McDonald. Old McDonald, I presume. And Andy. <laughs> old Andy McDonald. Old Andy McDonald. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I like this event very much. I'm still going to read it. It's still kind of goofy and fun, but this ends with uh, 
Batwoman and Nightwing, sorry, Gotham Girl and Nightwing becoming big old monsters. That's probably my favourite bit of the whole issue. Really? I don't know if I want this to happen in a Batman book. But they'll like, it'll last for two seconds and then they'll be back, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the vibe that this whole um, thing has. It does, because it is a fairly short event, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's only four or five issues, something like that. So it's like, um, I just don't, I don't. I don't care that much because you can tell it's just going to be over, over and done with really quickly. I don't think any of us read Batman comics to see them fight big monsters. Yep. Um, but that's fine, I guess. It you looks know? like, though, um, every single person in that cave is going to become a monster. So they're, they're gonna, there are going to be hundreds of monsters soon. I'm just like, you can kind of see where it's going. It's yeah. boring. Um, I did really like Gotham Girl in this issue. And up until the point that she became a monster, I actually, I, I, I think... I understand the appeal of the character now. I look forward to seeing her grow. And I liked the art. I thought it was, like, interesting, you know? Yeah. Everyone covered in red goop. Great fun. Finally, did you read Suicide Squad number no, three? No, but I read heaps more DC comics than you. Really? Like. What did you read? I read Titans. I read Titans? Hellblazer. I read Deathstroke for some reason. I read Batgirl. Yeah, but I, I, did I, read Batgirl. I skipped a few. You can, uh, 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 look, I can uh, fill you in quickly. Suicide Squad, again, it's like the problem is like, like, like the story is fine. Like it's, it's, it's going to be very fast moving and silly and mm. I, I kind of actually am growing to quite like it. Is it Jim Lee still on interiors? Uh, yeah, but the thing is the, the, the issue is split in half and so you get 10 pages of Suicide Squad at a time right. and then you get a 10 page backup. Right. And this time it was like a pretty boring uh Katana story with art by Philip Tan. I mean, I don't know. I just don't give a fuck. Like, just I just wish. Yeah, I just want a whole Suicide Squad story. Yeah, and I feel like that, that that's the. I thought I was just going to hate everything about this comic, and instead I've kind of come around. I even kind of like the Jim Lee art. Mm. But like, if if the whole thing is just give let Jim Lee just do covers, and then maybe an annual or, yeah. or like or an interlude issue or something like that, and then just give Philip Tan the Absolutely. regular the regular work or whatever. Let 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 um let someone actually be able to write a story. Let Rob Williams tell his story exactly, yeah. Yeah, and like don't break it up like this. Um, yeah, because I kind of I love. Like, you know, Zod is funny and Katana takes on Zod and Harley Quinn is actually used quite well. And then it looks like the Annihilation Brigade, who I'm not sure if they're a thing, but they're the Russian version of Suicide Squad. Nice. uh, Show up and that's pretty fun. Yeah. Suicide Squad number three. Hmm. I'm still sticking with this. I'm just kind of like, it's like, it's like the same reason I read Civil War 2. Yeah. I know I'm not going to love it, but like it's, it's entertaining enough. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, I read I read Batgirl. I read the latest um, issue three of Hope Larson and Raphael Albuquerque's Batgirl. I'm still I really enjoy the series. It's sort of Batgirl um, fighting in various MMA tournaments, trying to figure out who this sort of teacher is whose students keep attacking her and her friends. She's discovering more and more about her sort of flirtatious friend Kai and what mm-hmm. he's hiding from her. Um, yeah, I still think this is I still think this is good. I think it's a good characterization of Babs. I think that. Um, I like her sort of being able to go into her memory and stuff like that and be able to um, sort of do extra research like that. I think it's a, a, a it's not the most strong series. It's definitely not my favorite series that Hope Larson is writing at the moment, but yep. um, I still think it's good. Cool. I also read Deathstroke, which is like, I feel like, I feel like it's my suicide squad where I'm still reading it and I'm sort of enjoying it. I don't really understand what's going on. And it's weird. Like this has got a lot more to do with the character of Rose, the Ravager. And there's a lot of like, so she's supposed to be a teenager. There's a huge amount of weird, like, Oh, check out the body on that sweet babe. And moments (laughs) like that. And there's a bit where she 
you know, tells Deathstroke that she's not sleeping with her boyfriend. Um, like, as in she tells her dad. Yeah, she tells it? her dad yeah. that she's like, I'm not, I'm not having sex with him, by the way. Not that you would understand. And he's like, I don't care. Be a better assassin. Um, <laughs> like, it's really... Which is what all, all fathers should say they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's very, it's weird and it has a weird vibe, but I'm sticking with it for some reason because I hate myself. <laughs> I mean, the writing is still like from a plot point. It, it, it's kind of, it's a it lot easier a- to follow now. Or uh, no, still- well, I mean, still not really. It jumps around a lot without being like, I just, I just wish that there was an extra panel that just said the time and the place the where dates. they are, yeah, you know, yeah, because totally. it's just a little bit confusing jumping back and forth and not really knowing um, what's going on. Uh, I also read issue, the latest issue of Hellblazer. Yep. I can't wait to read these. Again, I'm going to be reading all these. I just, uh, just I actually thought I had to be somewhere in half an hour and oh. I just realized that I'm going to have to be somewhere for 90 minutes. Nice. So I, I could have read a few extra comics before oh. this issue, but don't oh. hold it against me. No worries. Um, good issue. I won't issue? say too much, Hellblazer? but oh. still enjoying yeah. it. I mean, and the art by Moritat, is it looks getting nice. better and better? Through. I think each issue. Yeah, I like pretty good. ladies. Oh, good. Uh, do they sleep with their boyfriends? Not in this issue. Are they better assassins? <laughs> um, I also read issue three of. I don't know why I did this to myself. I read the issue three of Titans. You liked this. I said I was going to drop it last time and you're like, no, I'm going to stick with it. I just gave it one more issue. Um, it's written by Dan Abnett. The art by Brett Booth is probably the thing that I find most difficult. Although he does some pretty funny like um, character work on Kadabra. Very sort of cartoony. I wish he could let that side loose a little bit more and do like a just crazy Looney Tunes style series. Um, but again, like the dialogue's a bit daggy. It's not. It's not very good. I'm going to say, I'm going to just, I think I'm going to drop that one. <laughs> yeah, I think Dan Abnett has lost it a little bit. Yeah, I just wish he could do more space stuff. I mean, but that said, like, maybe Andy Lanning was, like, the dialogue guy on the, in that. in that. Yeah, I wonder why they stopped sort of. They felt they had a ma- massive falling out. Really? So, and, and Andy Lanning and Dan Abnett are responsible for the Guardians of the Galaxy, as we know it. They mm-hmm. were it's all an unbelievable cosmic kind of yeah. run at, at Marvel. It's one of my favorite runs of all time. Mm-hmm. And then they... You know they've done a few other things since together, but then they just they stopped working together. Um, they also did they did some they did some Batman stuff mm-hmm. in the past. They've done a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. now Dan Abnett is obviously the the, the the more productive of the two of them these days. And I just I'm not you know I read an Aliens comic he wrote last week that I'm not crazy yeah. about. And yeah, I don't know about these DC. I I I, I don't know if you you heard, but I, I I dropped Aquaman as of last week. Oh, how I, come I, you were I, loving it? I read it. a fish too many. Uh, I uh, I just uh, I just do not give a fuck. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Don't care about Atlantean politics. No, I kind of do care about that, but I just mm. yeah, I they they did something really cool with Black Manta in the first six issues, and then it just became a bit stale, and it looked like they were just doing the same thing with him again. Mm. From boring, that, yeah, boring. Anyway, so that's the our DC reviews this week. <laughs> nice. The uh, it's time to review heads, and heads this week represents Marvel. Um, I read a few Marvel books. Unfortunately, I didn't get to read my entire stack. But it looks like Me I read either. more than you. Yeah, you read more. Um, Fuck, there were some good ones. Yeah, that were the really good ones. My absolute favorite was Kingpin number three. What a great book! Um, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz and Hayden Sherman. Uh, I didn't even realize he was going to be in this. I should have because he's on the fucking cover. Um, and I raved about how good *Did You Read Punisher* last week by Becky Cloonan. Number five. Yes. I thought that was like b- far and away the best issue of that run so far. Agreed. And then topped by this. Yes. Unbelievable fight between. Um, Wilson Fisk and Frank Castle, aka Kingpin and the Punisher. Uh, 
completely ignored Civil War pretty much, which mm-hmm. is you know this is this is definitely in a, a book that spins out of Civil War, but it was just you know he, uh, Frank Castle has been undercover as Scourge in his big dumb outfit and hat, yeah, and then reveals himself to be the Punisher when he starts taking out all of Kingpin's men. They have this brilliant over the top fight. It's so well drawn. Yes. There's this incredible bit where, uh, you know, they're in the dark and all all Kingpin has is... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is, is, is his lighter, mm. and he's like flinging it around himself. There's a beautiful ring of fire around him. The action scenes, like the goriness in it, it's like cartoony but also gruesome. Uh, and you get those real moments where Fisk loses control and it's so well visually represented that, um, yeah, really love it. And I usually don't, for someone who reads as many superhero comics as I do, don't care that much about fight scenes. But this was an incredibly dynamic, like... Well, I mean, I do care about fight scenes when they're, like, ground level. Like, yeah. superheroes that, you know, have healing powers and yeah. massive, you know... You know the ability to fly and super strength. Those are the fight scenes that are boring. Yeah, like all Kingpin is just a big hulking. Yeah, these are just two men, guy, basically. And, and and Frank Castle is like a ruthless, you know, army vet. Psycho. Uh, at one point, he stabs. It basically, like um, uh, Wilson Fisk holds a, a a table up, like a coffee table, and pushes um, Frank Castle against the wall with it. This is after he block uses it to block a, an explosion, um, and then. Uh, uh, the Punisher pulls a big, like, serrated knife out of his pants and then stabs it right through the table into Wilson Fisk and then um, reveals that, like, you know, if you pull that out, you'll bleed out in 10 minutes. And so Wilson Fisk, like, he's obviously he's got the table stabbed onto himself. He's pinned to this table. Wilson Fisk breaks the table around him and he's still got the knife wedged into his chest and then grabs Frank by the by the by the uh, by the neck and he's just got a, kn- a knife in him for the rest of the issue or a big hole in his chest. Yeah. It's yeah, I like the bit good. where Frank is hanging out the window holding on to the knife in Wilson Wilson Fisk's chest. Oh my that god, that's how he falls down. Oh yeah. man, what a great bit. I yeah. probably missed that. What a it great is such a well well put together fight scene. 
Matthew yeah. Rosenberg is going to be like I mean Marvel is so smart to have him write this Absolutely. comic and, 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 and I think got, he's doing two issues two comics ongoing after Civil War oh, two great. finishes uh, this is like this is far and away the best series to come out of Civil War 2 I think I had to think about that but I think you're right yeah um, because great. I mean you know all of the uh, other Civil War 2 tie-ins like he's in like the X-Men one, the mm. Spider-Man one. They all ended so like lusterly. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and so like just tying that up and that doesn't really matter. And this, whereas this has way more sort of implications long term for Kingpin. And because he's going on to continue writing Kingpin ongoing, right? That's what he's doing? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So that's like great. That's yeah, awesome. Really great. This is a sick issue. This is one of, my, one of my top three issues of the week, I think. Uh, I don't know if it was that for me, but still good. Uh, I also loved the unbearable squirrel girl. Unbearable? How dare you? Unbeatable. <laughs> what, what, the, 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 the big difference one letter makes. <laughs> uh, this is basically um, squirrel girl goes on holiday and uh, leaves one of her older foes from this run uh, who's now trying to do good as a superhero. He's just a big brain. Brain Drain. Oh, man. I hadn't, because I haven't gone back and read all of the Squirrel Girl issues. I loved Brain Drain. He's so funny. Ryan North, you're so funny. Yeah, oh, my so God. Funny. So funny. I'm the, my most anticipated comic of the year is the, uh, the Squirrel Girl graphic, graphic novel coming yeah, out next, I'm this month. I'm psyched for that. Because um, Brain Drain is this really, like, nihilistic, depressed robot who doesn't understand the meaning of life and is constantly searching for it, <laughs> um, which is great. I love that he has a secret identity. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where he's going to um, going to school. Yeah, very funny. And um, you know, the, the, like the the main enemy in this is like a bunch of really tiny dudes that can like splurge together. Yeah, and become a really big dude or a bunch of really big dudes. So Brand Jane keeps arresting people that look the same, and then but not not knowing because he's a. Doesn't he's not good at telling the difference between humans? He's yeah. like, well, you guys look similar, but all humans kind of look the same to me. So. <laughs> I was not made aware that humans can split into two smaller humans of identical mass at their merest whim. The world is full of surprises, and I am not in favor of several of them. <laughs> However, I have been told that sometimes the surprises are kittens and ice cream, so I hold out hope, ever dreaming of the ice cream kitten in my future. <laughs> like, like, it's the best. It's so funny. I want to read all comics like this. Like, <sighs> how, how good would it be? If there was like Ryan North week, yes, and you make him the editor of every, every Marvel comic, comic that comes and out, and every that page week. just has a little note at the bottom. Yep, I love it. I, I guess, yeah, I can't get enough of it. He's the best. He's the fucking best. He's the fucking best. Um, I'm saying it for years. And I'm glad so, yeah, that the world finally understands. While Brain Drain is trying to look after this problem, uh, Doreen and her fr- and her and her best friend are at a, at a cabin in the woods with no electricity, and her with her, with her mother, and she's bored out of her brain. Because there's no crime. No no crime crime. to solve. And also there's no internet. Uh, Yeah, it's just... It's great. It's great. And Tippy, obviously. Tippy's great. Tippy the squirrel. Great job. Yeah. Great great book. Continues to be excellent. Continues to be one of the best books in the stands. Uh, Did you read both Captain's America this week? I only read Sam Wilson. I only had... Well, Sam Wilson was far and away the better one. Oh, yeah? Another one of my favorite Marvel titles right now. Um, I think written by Nick Nick Spencer, but the art by Daniel Acuna, like how... It's just so cool that he's on this book. He does such a great job. The lighting and the colors of this is so good too. Uh, Acuna's so good. Yeah. I mean, and he he, he draws and and colors his own stuff. So this is all just Acuna. Mm. Just smashing it. Every every panel looks so, so dynamic and great. Uh, this kind of furthers the take back the shield campaign that mm-hmm. uh, the government are running against Sam Wilson. 
uh, they've sent US agent after him, mm-hmm. and we learned that uh, that it was they actually got Steve Rogers to convince him mm-hmm. to do that. So, you know, you, you feel for for US agent. He's like a, tra- totally. a tragic figure in this book, but you also don't want Sam Wilson to lose to him. So, Absolutely. Uh, again, another another book um, where you know, and I, I, I complained a lot about Civil War. Two issue five last week, which was just like the big I'm dumb fight issue. Yeah, I think he's easily the worst, like maybe yeah, the worst event one. issue I've read ever. Oh wow! Um, okay. I, I love being very you know <laughs> exaggerating, <laughs> uh, but you know, you, you, you we read superhero comics, yes, because of the the character back and forth, but you know the, the inevitability of a fight, mm. you know, it's going to come around the page. So when you read a really good one. Yeah. It sticks out. And I think this is another example of a fantastic fight scene between US Agent and Sam Wilson. Absolutely. Um, You know, you have the narration by Sam Wilson, which I don't normally love, you know, the superhero narration of Mm. every panel, but I think it's used to great effect in this. Yeah. One of the things I think I find, um, I don't feel like Sam has a really distinct character yet. I don't think that there's been enough kind of put into making him fully fleshed out yet I don't know I definitely see that when he records the videos to his like he does the webcam videos yeah you definitely see a lot of his character come out then like you know he's just he's on this crusade to do what he thinks is right and you know from our point of view it is right too mm. yeah um, like he's just I think you know like you could you could say that a big part of his character is he is good like, yeah he yeah is yeah just like you know he's 100% good I think that is like a viable character trait for him yeah Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know why I feel. I get it. Like, you know, it is often the, the, the good, like, you know, Sam Wilson doesn't really do many bad things as a character. Yeah. And so, like, you learn more about characters when they fuck up. Yeah. When they do something bad. Exactly. You know, like, I don't know why, I don't know why it's just popped into my head, but I was just thinking about, like, Starman, the Jack Knight Starman mm-hmm. that was so great in the 90s that James Robinson did. Um, that was such a, like... He was so flawed and Absolutely. so interesting yeah. and you understood all of his motivations, whereas sometimes I just don't really, I don't yeah. identify with. I don't know. I kind of like that, you know, he's like this seemingly unflawed hero yeah. with the entire world against him. Like, it yeah, that's works true. Yeah. yeah, that does work. Um, and there's like, it's interesting, the sort of development, like Iron Man comes and puts a chip in his brain so that now he can see everything that all the birds can see. It's like a massive surveillance unit, which yeah. is incredible. And I love... I but it's love also like, doesn't that like, isn't that a confusing thing? Doesn't that seem evil? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I mean, think that... He's if, using it to watch the Americops. Yeah, which I understand, but it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, they do, anyway. they do gloss over the fact that he could be using that for nefarious reasons. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, know, I, I love any, any mention of Sam Wilson's cool bird powers. Yeah, I wish there was more cool bird powers, to uh, be honest. Um, I also read Captain America number five, the Steve Rogers one. Yeah, how's that um, going? Well, so this is crazy because they pretty much like you know every issue, Nick Spencer does something that will probably make fans extremely angry. And mm. in this one, he basically suggests that this incarnation of uh, of Steve Rogers is the reason why the Hulk died. Oh, why? Um, so, uh, upon realizing that that uh, you know that, that the Inhumans have Ulysses and that you know. Because he is playing the long con, he you know he's he he is a Hydra agent. Uh, Cap realizes that like at some point he's going to be compromised, and Shield are going to figure out that he um, that 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 he's a Hydra agent. Um, so they decide to kind of put 
things in pl- in place to distract Ulysses from from uh, vi- having visions of Cap. Oh, okay. Um, and one of them is basically putting putting things in place that lead to the event of uh, of Bruce Banner copping that arrow to the head. <sighs> so he, he sends like the gamma radiation studies to. To Bruce. Oh. That lead to him beginning ah, with the testing again. I just evil that, cap. Yeah, I, I like that. Mm. Um, and they're also, you know, linked to the um, the case of the, the woman with the suitcase, which is also yep. happening in, uh, in Ultimates. Uh, and then uh, it ends with Cap seeing the vision of, of Miles Morales killing him, which we mm. saw in Civil War. Two issue five last week, and I, uh, it, what a dumb so, moment that was! So dumb, but this issue makes you rethink it. As yeah, a, it makes you kind of understand why Miles would. Also. Yeah, yeah. Well, not so much. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, it's crazy because, yeah, I just think uh, this is a good companion to a pretty lackluster event book mm. that makes you go, oh, maybe that event book isn't so bad. Yeah, isn't it funny how like the the actual Civil War is so dull slash annoying, but. Then, like it's a it's a good concept at its core, and it's being used quite well in other by other writers. Yeah, but I feel like you know, you, often it's like you know the the event's kind of good, but it's dragging all the other titles down. But mm. in spite of that, a few titles at Marvel are actually you know bringing yeah. the event up in a yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not how it should work. No. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, look, I, I'm really enjoying Nick Spencer's work on both Captain Americas at the moment, uh, and I look forward to reading more and more of them. Mm. The Ultimates, number 11, by Al Ewing, um, and art by uh, two people. And this one, we had, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kenneth Rockefort. And um, Jibril Morissette. Um, and uh, this kind of continues the, uh, like, the Ultimates have, have Thanos captured mm-hmm. down beneath their, um, their station. Mm-hmm. Um, and he escapes, and, and they kind of all have to kind of work together to take him out. Uh, this had the version of Black Panther that I love so much, so well. Like mm-hmm. Black Panther, just you know, sees a problem and works towards fixing it. Like he's he's the the MVP of this of this group. Yeah, and this is also like I mean I think this is a great book that also does a good job of taking the Civil War concept um, and doing a good job. Well, this takes a Civil War scene yeah. and doing a better job of it. Absolutely. This is like you know they're 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 the Ultimates team having their having a second crack at what we saw happen in the Free Comic Book Day issue of Civil War. And um, you understand like you understand Captain Marvel's perspective so so well and so strongly in this book in a way that doesn't necessarily come across in Civil War. Man, I can't even read her fucking solo title. That yeah. solo book is uh, it's just not. The, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. How are they going to? bring her back yeah yeah i don't know because like i sort of i empathize quite a lot with captain marvel in this book because if you have this potential you're why would you not use it like that that seems ludicrous Mm. um and what you know she gives this really impassioned speech at the end she's like you know what do we this is this is like everyone keeps just fighting and this is a problem that we should be solving which is what the ultimates do like why is this something that we keeps dissolving into punching each other when you know we're supposed to be the guys who fix these things um i thought that was really cool and man kenneth rockerfort draws a cool thanos there are so many great pages great double page spreads i love the double page spread with thanos and all the different deaths that he's in love with and earth's crashing into each other it's so intergalactic and And cool al ewing writes a very very great uh thanos absolutely monologue as well yeah um I loved 
is it uh, America that, or mm-hmm. was it no Monica? Monica goes inside um, Thanos's head mm-hmm. to try and kind of take his mind out from within, mm. and then he's like, "How do you, how do you like it in there?" And it's like dark, cold, horror, endless, nothing out, get out. Like, yeah, that was really great. She barely escapes. And they work together to take him out. I thought, yeah, man, I was all about this. And I think they do a good job because it is it is a slightly odd issue in that, like, Kenneth Rockefeller will do a page and then Jibril Morissette takes over for a couple of pages and then it's back to Rockefeller. And I think they do a good job of keeping the story consistent even though that's a bit jarring. You can kind of tell that Morissette has been given, like, two weeks to do his pages, though. Like, you know, he does great facial work, but the backgrounds are pretty much yeah. missing from every page. Yes. Um, and... Unfortunately, it would, be, it would be great if they could like truly collaborate. Like you know, maybe on some of his panels, mm. you get um, Rockefeller doing the backgrounds or something like that mm. to make it feel like a less jarring. Yeah. Anyway, the Ultimates take out Thanos ultimately. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Um, satisfying read, and we're going to see the return of Galactus, the Life Bringer, in the next issue. So I'm excited for that. And that's the uh, that, that's the the plot of this series that I like the most. So. Yeah. I love. I, it's I, been I, cool. I love him. He's the, he's a good guy. Yeah, Galactus the good guy. Uh, I read Nighthawk number five I'm by so Kevin Walker, and uh, usually this has got art by Villa Lobos, but with this time we've got art by um, Martin Morazzo, who I'm not familiar with, um, but I loved it on this. It felt like um, who is uh, the other guy in Hundred Bullets, the artist on that? Um, I don't know. Uh, Eduardo Riso. Mm-hmm. It looked very much like Eduardo Riso um, in this, like oh, a bit cool. more sketchy kind of thing. Brilliant use of shadow work. Great facial stuff. I think this is the penultimate issue. Oh, There's so one sad. more. Um, I really, really love this series. Um, I don't really want to recap much of the plot. Uh, just that, you know, he gets one step closer to kind of solving who the main person he's been trying to catch his whole time is and uh, almost, almost gets him and then he gets away at the last minute. Um, and, uh, you have the you know comes the, the the corrupt cops coming to a head and it's there's a lot going on in this book I, I hope I hope it gets wrapped up really mm. really satisfying with the final issue and I hope um, David Walker gets to write Nighthawk into another series absolutely yeah this is a bit, one of the, the saddest losses alongside our beloved Mockingbird I know Chelsea Kane's Mockingbird I think has one or two more issues left and then that's that I'm devastated. Which is a, a real bummer. I'm Guys, just, uh, pre-order your books. I know it's annoying. Just put them on your pull list. Have them there. Yeah, start up a pull list. Honestly, it's it's the best thing you can do. You won't miss out on issues. And it makes sure that the ones that you love keep going. Especially when it's like, you know, smaller books um, by the big two. Absolutely. And you know what's an, like another good thing, just as a um, hint? Every month, Previews Magazine comes out. The second Previews is out, you can pre-order those books if you have a standing order at King's. Mm-hmm. Um Go through previews and see what's coming out because there's always something cool in there and people miss out and then they get upset and um, it's a great resource to be able to see what's coming in. Also, the Image Previews book. Was it called like Image Plus? Image or Plus, yeah. Image that's Plus a, is a great one. fantastic. That's just a good read anyway. Absolutely. You, you should be picking that up every month. I know. I can't out. believe I haven't. I really need to go I've got back more because there's, ah, even, there's nice. like a Negan um, uh, story that they tell ah, in each issue. Brandon Graham does a little story in yes, it as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which I should it's be reading. Many reasons to pick that up. Absolutely. Do you read any more Marvel books? You I want? did. Um, I read the latest issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I'm slowly catching oh, up. I'm almost finished man. the first trade. I really love it. It's the best. It's so good. This issue has um, Lunella trying, like, trying so desperately to impress Ms. Marvel and to be friends with her because she just wants to know another superpowered person who understands her because she has so much trouble finding people who understand her. But she keeps awkwardly swapping back into Devil Dinosaur's body, and so things go wrong. And the end of the issue ends with um, Lunella telling 
Devil Dinosaur to get away because he's ruining her life. Um, and then Kid Marvel reveals himself and says, like, I am on a bound to capture all inhuman traitors, even though I love you. So good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. You should be it. Guys should be reading this book. Um, I also read Doctor Strange Annual, issue one, which was written by um, Catherine Immonen with great art by um, Leonardo Romero. I love everything he does. Absolutely. Um, So this brings back into, um, I don't know that much about Doctor Strange history um, or characters, but this brings um, Doctor Strange's longtime love, Clea. Mm-hmm. Back into the book, you sort of find out what she was up to when the empirical army was coming through and ruining everything, and sort of resets their relationship. You find out a bit more about Wong. You sort of, um, yeah, I think it was really good, and there was a really cool backup story about um, an ancient magic user, which I'm just going to find out who did that. Written by Robbie Thompson with art by. Um, Jonathan Marks Barovecchia, which is going to be continued as a backup story in the main Doctor Strange um, series, oh, cool. which I think so, is really cool. All right, that, that makes this purchase essential if you're reading uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, absolutely. Going. I would I, like this was a great annual. Great, good example of an annual. Did you read uh, the Uncanny X Men annual last week, which actually had Moon Girl in it? Oh no, I didn't. Was it good? No. Ah, nice. I, I just uh, I can't believe that we are still reading stories in which all of the fearless X Men are running away from a green cloud. I know it's so boring and stupid. So boring. I'm. St- I yeah. Fingers crossed the X universe gets a bit of love soon. Um, did you read Star Wars this week? I, I will. I haven't yet. Tell nice. me, was it good? Yeah, I liked it. It's good. This is you, one of my probably my favorite story that Jason Aaron, uh, Jason Aaron's told so far. Yeah, absolutely. So you sort of get as to why they stole the star. Destroyer, Mm -hmm. sort of understand that. There's a really funny um, race between Princess Leia and Han to decide who will be captain of the ship. That was good. Um, Does Leia win? Leia wins. Obviously, Leia Leia wins. Fuck yeah, Leia. Like, (laughs) Leia wins in, like, the most satisfying way where Han sort of walks in like, all right, guys, captain's here, and Leia's already there talking to people. Like, That's the best. You suck. Um, So, yeah, great, great issue. Continues to be excellent. And thus wraps up our Marvel recap. Nice. Finally, we get a big image week this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, I read Deadly Class, I read Saga, I read Lake of Fire, and I read Snot Girl, and they are four of my favorite books of the. Oh, actually, well, look, look, Deadly Class was not my favorite book of no. the year, but let's let's talk about this. This is uh, issue twenty-two, Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, the last issue, issue twenty-one of Deadly Class, uh, left a a weird taste in our mouths uh, because uh, spoilers. The main character of Marcus mm-hmm. did not make it to the end of the book. And uh, I think a lot of what I didn't love about Deadly Class was just his relentless monologue mm-hmm. about how shitty his life was and how much of a fuck up he was. And yep. he, he really dragged the entire book through the dirt with his relentless, like, sooking, basically. He basically, was a, yeah. He was a trash character. And mm. when he died, I, 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 I just I wanted him to redeem himself in a way. Yeah. And he didn't. But it was kind of like, I kind of almost liked that he never got his redemption you know yeah. it was kind of almost a satisfying end in a horrible sort of way so the only like truly familiar face from the original like you know the original six deadly class members that we that we met mm-hmm. is sire mm-hmm. uh, everyone else is no longer with us uh, we, this is the second year of her, her of her schooling mm-hmm. um and we have you know a few familiar faces from last year but we, mostly this issue focuses on uh four new four new uh, classmates mm-hmm. and um it's like uh, like a prom almost, uh, like an opening night with a with a dance. 
Mm. Um, like a, what, what was it? Was it like a homecoming dance or something? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah it's, I don't know what American college terms are. No, me neither. But uh, I really, really, I was like, "Fucking here we go!" You know. Yeah. I'm reading too much Recommender as it is. Maybe I should drop one of these. And I got sucked right back in. I really, it's a fun really concept. loved this issue. It's devoid of any action whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Wes Craig's art is spectacular the whole He's way so through. Um, and different color palette to what we're used to because it's out of dance. There's a lot more pastels. And, yeah. And it's, it actually feels very 80s. Yeah. Um, and the new characters are, are, are really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely love falling on, uh, like we had like, you know, a very obviously Russian cast yeah. member last time. Now we have... Uh, a, an Irish guy who says feckin' all the time. And to be sure. To be, yeah, and then... Which is uh, ludicrous. And then we have a, uh, a a German guy who is extremely German as well. But yeah. then you also have a, a Vietnamese-American guy who doesn't have any Vietnamese quirks, except yeah. he says, let's go drink some rice wine from back home. I don't yeah. think you... Like, you cook with rice wine. Yeah. I know, it's like, I know there are some th- derivatives of... What, actually, no, you know what? You definitely yeah. can drink white rice wine. I'll allow it, Rick Remender. <laughs> <laughs> um... um yeah, look, I mean, I like this issue. I, I, it's one of those ones where, like, there were just a couple of moments that were really horrible and took me out of it. Um, Do tell. Which, like, it's one of those ones where I don't know if it's just thoughtless by Remenda or if it's intentional to be like these characters are assholes. Oh. Um, so, like, you know, one of them's like, oh, is this guy retarded? And I, I really, like, I know it's a... It's a personal um, thing for me, but I find ableist language really, really difficult in books. It always really upsets me. Mm-hmm. Um, they also refer to um, the only African American, female African American character as a fertility goddess, which I think is really fucking off and weird. Yeah, um, and that sort of immediately pulled me out of the book a bit. In, I mean, I would never defense defend the use of that language. Yeah, but. No. It is one. It's, it's a set, shorthand it's, they to are be like assholes, this guy's an asshole, and it's set in 1988. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I guess. Yeah. So. So the- you can understand a little bit why that is. Um, but other than those two moments, which happened almost on the same page, um, it was a good issue. You know. Yeah. Um, my bigger fear with this is that are we just going to like you know? Is it just going to be the same story? Again? Exactly. Are we going to get to know these characters and just then see you know each of them get taken out yeah you know 10 12 issues from now uh i really i thought that 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 last arc i you know where it was like you know okay everyone has to die Mm. um i thought that was a pretty boring arc but i'm 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 right back in in with this this is is everything i kind of wanted this this issue to be yeah absolutely uh and i'm excited to know more about these well i guess by the end of the um issue it's only three new characters Mm. oh i I loved that as well i thought that was fantastic um all of the kind of like established characters from last year, especially the um, the what the, the racist white power girl, yeah, um, basically has these new students in her pocket by the end of the issue, and I think that's that's an interesting interesting road to take, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's some there's some ludicrous like Irish guys in the IRA, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, it's pretty it's pretty Again, silly. It's eighties. I mean, I, I kind it's of, a very silly and, book. and it is a school for assassins, so Absolutely. it is inherently a, a silly book. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Rick Remendo very much specializes in over-the-top shit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this has it in spades, but, uh, yeah, I think... No, it's uh, worth checking out. I think so, too. Um, Saga, 38. Woo! Oh, man, we oh, should have talked about god. this at the beginning. Oh, my God. I don't actually... Ugh, I don't think I can. Fucking 
Brian K. Vaughn, for Christ's sakes, he just, you know he's going to do it. You know it's coming every single time. Yeah, we haven't lost anyone from the cast that we've loved in a long while, I feel so like. So when it happens, it's such and it's I, someone it was that so I never unexpected. thought we would I know. lose as well. I didn't think you could lose her. And like, it's someone that, let's say, okay, spoilers for Saga issue 38. I know a lot of people read it in trade. Um, yeah, fast forward if you don't want to hear this, guys, because it's a big one. But Brian K. Vaughan basically takes out uh, one of the main characters from the beginning. She, I think she was on the cover of issue one. I, yeah, I'm pretty she's, sure. she's one of the original um, cast. And her absence was definitely felt in the last, the second to last arc. Mm. She wasn't in it much and it felt weird. And she kind of goes out in a, like, I guess her version of A Blaze of Glory. Everyone goes out with a quip, I guess, in, in this book. But, uh, oh, man. The, and the fact now that Hazel has to live with that the last thing she said to her was something mean. Absolutely. Uh, But then, like, I mean, she sort of says the last line of dialogue is, no babysitter sticks around forever. But the best ones never really leave you, do they? And you can see that uh, even though Hazel is far away from Isabel and where the action is happening, something physically happens to her when Isabel dies. So I feel like we probably haven't maybe seen completely the end of Isabel, which is great news. But, um... Ah, oh, man. Yeah, a heartbreaking issue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can ghosts die again? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I love Fat has... Will. God, there's so much I love about this series. I love the Will still fat. That's yeah. the best. Uh, is that what you just said? That you love yeah, Fat yeah, Will? Yeah, oh, sorry. yeah. <laughs> I think you said that Will. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we do have a time jump in the, at the beginning of this issue. It's 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 considerably further than... Uh, Six months on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I, I uh, and and um, what's her name? Who's the main character? What's her name again? The mother. Marco and I can't remember. But she's pregnant, and she's considerably more pregnant than we last saw her. So it looks like the, this arc is going to end with them with her giving birth again, mm-hmm. which is the first thing you see in uh, in the first arc of uh, of Saga. This has a lot of ties to that first arc, yeah, I think. Absolutely. So I feel like for a lot of people that kind of, I mean, you would never suggest that Saga's lost its way, but you might suggest that it feels doesn't feel like you know those first few arcs did. This I think this is, this is doing a lot to bring those familiar feelings back. Absolutely. Yeah, more more of the reporters, please. I love those. Like yeah, two favorite characters. I like the reporters. Uh, yeah, very very good. And also in the back, you get the results of the um, annual yes. saga survey, which is always good fun to read. Um, yeah, always really fun to read. It's one of the best letter sections. If you don't read this issue to issue, you should. It's it's one of the f- those great letter sections coming out in comics at the moment. Yep. Um, also, last page of this comic is the advertisement for the Headlopper. And the island, or a plague of beasts, uh, trade coming out very soon, which you know, as we have said in the past, has a uh, has uh, new material that I can't wait to read. Awesome! Um, that's definitely something that you should uh, pre-order. Yeah, Headlopper. Absolutely, guys. That's going to be uh, one that's of the nomi- be a great one. No- nominations for best mini series of the year, I think. For sure, easily. Uh, yeah, uh, Lake of Fire. Oh, I'm so sad I didn't read this. And Snot Girl, two uh, nominations for Best New Series of the Year and Best Image Series God, of the Year. They yes. came out this, 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 this year. Um, Nathan Fairbairn and Matt Smith on Lake of Fire, issue number two. Fucking fuck, this was good. It's, can I borrow that after you leave? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can read it before I leave while, while I edit the issue um, episode. Uh, I, uh, I can't get over how good this series is. Mm. I, you know, I don't, I don't even need to talk about plot. It, it, it just continues immediately on from the, uh, you know, the amazing Crusades and Witchcraft plus, plus, uh, or no, 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 not actual Witchcraft, like, you know, Crusades against mm. potential witches plus aliens, mm. um, weird alien bugs. And uh, this just like, 
you know, these seemingly unworthy young knights mm. now learning that they have to prove their worth in the absolute height of battle against new beings that they've never seen before. It's This book has everything I want to read in, a, in, a, in an action comic. Awesome. And uh, it is so good to look at. It is mm. so good to read. This is uh, just A-plus all the way. Nice. Like a flyer. Very I, uh, excited to read that one. You know what? And I would put Snock Girl within, in that same level of just like an absolute stunner of a book. I just... Oh, fuck, I love Snock Girl so much. Every issue I read, I'm just like, I can't believe how much I love this book. It's so... It's so funny. It's so, so funny. And the dialogue is perfect. Brian like, Lee O'Malley, why does he understand teen girls so... Or like young women so well? He just gets it. Yeah. You know? Um, so, Snot Girl, uh, issue number three, uh, is just the, you know, us learning more about Lottie and uh, and about her predicament in which, you know, does has she cool, killed Cool Girl or not? She goes to a party, uh, which turns out to be a, a wedding party and her realisation that this girl that she calls Normie Girl uh, is getting married and, and, and she tells her assistant to, like, make sure that she unfollows all of her accounts the next day because she's going to become a, a, a wedding blogger. Yeah. <laughs> fucking incredible like so so snarky and mean yeah, and, and like this is brilliant. the thing i was talking to one of the girls um at our last queens of kings who read snot girl and was like i just don't like i don't like her at all i was like you shouldn't she's horrible like lottie is horrible she's not a nice person and so much of um the problems are in her head and she's creating all these issues that don't need to be there and she has all these enemies who don't even realise that they're her enemies. And so that's really interesting and cool to see. Um, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really interesting, her character arc, like where she, where she ends up at the end of this series, what she's like. Yeah. And then there's a det- detective on a kind of a, hot on her heels that, that's obsessed with her. Yeah. And he's obsessed with fashion as well. Um, and we don't know much about him yet. We've only we've only gotten like four pages about him so far, um, but it looks like their their paths are going to cross soon. Yeah, I'm excited, and we see the first um, we see Cool Girl again. So it looks it seems as if Lottie hasn't killed her. No, but it, I, I feel like that could also be a figment of her imagination. No, right? this yeah. is the thing. Yeah, this is a great great book. It's so clever. It's so good, and Leslie Hung is so good. The guys, is the art is so beautiful. The colors are like out of this world the clothes are so good and she's so great at going from like one minute Lottie is the most beautiful like woman you've ever seen on a comic book to then suddenly her she's got like ravaging a- a- allergies kicking yeah. in like you know crying snotting uh, big red cheeks like you know panel to panel it's it's so great and it's going to be such a great time capsule of this time specifically like I yeah. love how well he is um, integrating it into like actual history you know like he they, they put up an archived blog of hers from 2012 and she references Gangnam Style and yeah. all that kind of stuff um, but this is going to be such a fun one to go back and read in 20 years and be like remember when fashion bloggers were a huge deal isn't that so mm. weird now we all live underwater or whatever um, but yeah I loved it Great, 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 great week book. for image books this week. That's, yeah. That's four, four of my favorite books. Absolutely. I also read The Hunt. Oh, here we go. Out of, out of from <laughs> Image, which is the like Irish set horror story. I like it. Do they I say feckin' and to be sure? <laughs> they don't. They do say Jesus, though, which I like. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a much more um, genuine Irish voice, which is cool to see. Yeah, yeah the other writer is Irish, I think. Yeah, which is um, yeah, much more of like all fella unless to be sure's um but it's cool you know it's like this really grim horror sort of nasty book um and you're just finding out more and more about the sort of 
evil magical villains and yeah i think it's good i think it's good guys check it out did you read all those the, the little pile of books down there uh yeah i did i read a couple of dark horse books as well these are all books that i want to pick up uh well i'll just um tales from the dark side good issue weird detective good issue came out last week oh, i did it? it yep still good still good um, that's a great series aliens defiance issue five Great issue. Yeah, I can't wait. I've got again. I've got I've got, I've got ten comics this week that I wasn't able to read yet. I'm going to yeah. read them. I assume they're all going to be good. Yeah. I prioritized the the number ones. Well, yeah. I have just read ones that I knew were going to be great. Absolutely. One thing I also read, which mm-hmm. um, you saw when I when you came oh, in, God. was I read because um, <laughs> it's a huge deal, guys. Issue 100. That's a landmark issue of Tarot, which of the Black Rose, Jim Balin's seminal, weird, seminal. seminal yes. Um, sexy sex time comic. Oh, man. What a... I mean, this is a book where we've seen Taro have um, her vagina haunted and, like, all kinds of weird shit. So, it gives you an understanding. Like, this is a this is a mostly nude comic, which is very... Um, it's really hard to read a lot of dialogue when it's directly next to, like, a melon-sized boob. Um, I, I read this just because, like, Taro is one of my favorites to flick through when it comes in every month. Because this episode's called a melon-sized boob, by the nice. way. Excellent. <laughs> um, because it's it's bizarre. It is one of the weirdest comics out there. I mean, this comic starts with Taro being like, "I have to get to my my wedding ceremony," but she's locked in chains, and someone's force feeding her handfuls of worms, and all the worms are like dripping onto her boobs because she's naked, obviously. And it's so weird. It's a weird comic. And then she gets married and they get married in the nude for no reason. (laughs) And there's a weird like lesbian interlude that has nothing to do with anything. Um, Yeah, I just read that because it was funny. Don't read it, guys. It's not, it's not, it's not Definitely go read the first 99 issues, but he's yeah, lost yeah. it. With issue 100, to be honest, he's just lost his way. If you haven't read the first 99, it's going to be confusing. Um, even if you have read them, I would assume it's going to be confusing. Um, I just wanted to read that because it's got, like, Tarot has such a huge fan following. And it's one of those ones. Rack. And such a huge rack that sometimes I like to check in and be like, why do people read this? Turns out I still don't understand why. Um, I actually read another. Uh, uh, famous boob imprint book. Um, nice. Xenoscope's uh, Evil oh, Heroes. Cool. You like the first issue of that? I like this series. Wow. This That's is like the, my, the weirdest series that, that I've come across this year that I actually quite like. Joe Brusher with art uh, by Eric J and uh, Christian Krizam Zamora. Um, Good name. Amazing name. Uh, so this is basically like, you know, thousands of years ago. Oh, man. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. We got, we got, uh, I'll let you Siobhan read a very cool trade that we're going to talk about in a second. I did. Uh, but. Uh, Thousands of years ago, um, a bunch of gods basically put humans on this earth with the intention of returning back thousands of years later and making them their slaves. So this is them coming back to earth in the form of what we would associate the Justice League. So there's mm-hmm. seven of them and they each take over a territory of earth and uh, there's a small group of humans that are basically like using technology to potentially take on these gods. Okay. But like this involves like one of them like basically like plummeting through the moon and then shards of the moon rain down on earth and destroy heaps of cities. And then the moon clumps back together. So the moon is just like this collection of asteroids, oh, wow. which I don't think scientifically is that sound, that but this uh, is a really, it's a really cool concept. Mm. Like it's, it feels familiar. You've seen like evil heroes before, but it kind of brings a lot of different themes together. And I, I, this is like the, one of the weird surprise series. I mean, so far only two, two of six issues mm. in, but I really like this. Evil heroes. Check nice. it out if, uh, if you know, the idea of a bunch of uh, superheroes who are trying to destroy the earth or make them all their slaves appeals mm. to you. It should. Yeah, That's absolutely. Concept. Why not? 
Um, I read a couple of because I was away on holidays, so I just got to read a lot, which oh was God, really good fun. Such a nice hardcover. Yeah, holy moly. Um, has this been released before? I don't know. I, I didn't we, think we, so. We read the Moon Cop um, free comic book day issue. Yes. Of course, uh, Siobhan is talking about the Drawn and Quarterly collection of Moon Cop by uh, Tom Gold. Who you might know. If, um, uh, the thing that I know him best from was the book he did called Goliath, which was a sort of retelling of the David and Goliath story in a very, like, he has a very simple um, style, very sort of paired back in terms of, like, dialogue and visuals and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, very sort of low-key and whimsical. Yep. This is a book about um, the last cop on the moon. So, you know, Earth decided to colonize the moon, but after a while everyone realized that it was a bit silly living on the moon because it was really hard. You couldn't really do anything or go anywhere. There weren't really resources. So everyone starts packing up and moving back to the moon and he doesn't really have anything to do. And it's just kind of him finding a lost dog, (laughs) you know, driving around, going to the same donut place every day, um, ends up making friends with the donut girl. And it's, it's so lovely. Like it's just a really gentle, funny sort of, Humorous. Imagine if Chris Ware wasn't cripplingly depressing. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a really good one. Um, so it's it's a weird book, but I I really highly recommend it. Really, really good fun. Um, and Tom Gold is a is a treasure. Yeah, it I looks great. And what a great looking package too. Absolutely, it's a beautiful little hardcover book. Drawn and Quarterly do such nice additions that you would be really pleased to have on your shelf um another one which i really loved i love this so much and i need to find if there's more set in this universe because holy shit emma rios is so good so this is mirror and mirror. this is the first trade mm-hmm. do we read any issues of this and review them on the so. podcast i don't How i don't do remember i did yeah yeah um so this is um written by emma rios with art by Hui lim and this is sort of set on a um asteroid that was colonized by sort of a magic using human society and they create these half human half animals which they call the guardians which are then released onto this asteroid to try and kind of understand it because it's full of all this magical power that the humans don't really understand and this flashes back and forward as things go from sort of bad to worse and people grow and hate each other and there's a war between the guardians and the humans on the planet and it's so brilliant they do such an amazing job at um creating this really well realized sort of magical fantasy sci-fi world um Huilim's art is beautiful. It's, is it watercolors? It's beautiful watercolors. Yeah. The colors are incredible and the really delicate um, line work is lovely. The characterization is brilliant. All the panel layouts are really inventive and different and interesting. Um, I love this series. I think it's incredible. I hope we get to see more set in this world and with these characters because they just they just nailed it. Unreal. So brilliant. Guys, check it out. So we d- you don't know if there's going to be further issues or trades? Um, I don't know. I think it's still going in singles. I need to go and... Um, Read them. Do more research. <laughs> cool. That is all the comics that we read this week. Thank you so much for listening to our reviews of them. If Thanks, you guys. To, uh, if you want to hear more of us, more reviews, you can uh, go back and listen to the archive of uh, various episodes we've done over mm-hmm. on our iTunes page. Just search Serious Issues on there. Or you can find us at seriousissues.tumble.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow us online, facebook.com slash seriousissuespodcast or twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues. Nice. Uh, Siobhan and I are there separately. At Siobhan CBG on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm mm-hmm. at LevDog, L E V D A W G on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the discussion, guys. Come in, come and just 
you know. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us what comics we're not reading that we should be. Tell us which comics we should stop reading because all we do is complain about them each Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, call us pretentious, but let us know what we actually do or say to actually be pretentious. Yeah. That's a little bit of feedback to some feedback we got recently. <laughs> uh, you can send us an email to seriousissues at kingscomics.com. We love hearing from you, either with ideas about the show, people that you might want us to try and feature or have on, mm-hmm. uh, comic runs that you or, or characters that you don't know much about that you would love us to do focus episodes on. Uh, if you go back in the uh, archive, there are recent episodes with... Um, creators pat grant mm-hmm. um and there's another um issue another episode that's all about our favorite batman comics uh but a few bonus ones we put out recently so go back and check out those uh cool thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week at serious issues Thanks, guys. stay serious hey this is levens thanks so much for listening to serious issues if you're not completely sick of my voice by now why don't you check out one of my other podcasts one is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.